the core skills that a product manager needs, it's so transferable and it's so mm -hmm. learnable, but it's, it's like, that's why so many people don't know what a product manager does because there's so many different flavors of product management. Mm -hmm. Hello everyone. I'm Rena Lexton from the 280 Group and you're listening to Product Stories. Today is actually our very first podcast episode. I am so excited to launch and we have such a great topic for you all today. I am joined by our very own Robin Brooks, and we will be talking about our uh, new benchmark report. So Robin, why don't you take a couple of minutes and introduce yourself to our audience? And I love asking this question, how did you end up in product management? Thank you, Rena. Um, yes, I am Robin Brooks. I am coming to you from Portland, Oregon, and I am director of product management here at 280 Group, um, which is a uh, the most fun job I could imagine having because I get to be a product manager that develops products for product managers, which is fantastic. Um, I actually started out my career as a high school English and drama teacher, believe it or not, and uh, like many of my colleagues. Uh, my path into product management was not a straight line. So um, I ended up getting really into learning technology early in my career and uh, got into LMS administration, learning management platforms. And that is how I ended up in product management. I wasn't even sure what that was when I was first approached to uh, to do it, but I found that I understood the teachers and the students who were using the technology. Um, and so that is kind of the rest is history. I worked in education technology for many years, um, ended up taking a left turn into uh, more corporate training. Um, and then that's how I found myself at 280 Group. I love it. And I find that product management is just one of those careers where you really can come from just about anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, because the core skills that a product manager needs, it's so transferable and it's so mm -hmm. learnable, but it's, it's like, that's why so many people don't know what a product manager does because there's so many different flavors of product management, mm -hmm. right? And that is why uh, at our company, uh, we have the benchmark report because we wanna put some science behind understanding what makes for great product managers. Uh, and that is why we're going to be talking about our benchmark report. We have compiled this report for a number of years. Uh, now we have, I think it's 5,700 respondents. Uh, and what we do is we basically ask product managers a series of questions that helps us understand how good are they uh, at the 15 skill dimensions uh, of what we believe it uh, it means to be a great product manager. Robin, any thoughts about the product report and uh, the value it brings to our community? It's really fascinating. I love reading the benchmark report every time we publish it because it shows across such a wide variety of product managers at different stages in their careers. Um, you know, really where they are uh, succeeding, where they feel they still need to build skills. And, uh, and I just, I, I really enjoy digging into this data every year. It, it helps me do my job better for sure. Yeah, we do pay attention also uh, to what are some of the weakest skills because 
as a as a services provider to the product management community, we want to make sure that we know what where the gaps are so mm -hmm. that we can help product leaders in helping their teams transform. The first thing that I want to talk about today is the strengths. Let's uh, we're I bet everybody listening is going to walk away with some of the weaknesses. That's what we do. But let's talk about the strengths. And the three key strengths uh, that we find in our report are uh, domain knowledge, communication, and customer understanding. And I feel that this list has been pretty consistent, especially with domain knowledge. We find time and time again that product managers tend to score very well in domain knowledge. Any ideas as to why that might be? Well, I think it's funny because we just mentioned that, didn't we? That a yeah. lot of product managers end up coming into this career from other places, maybe within their organization or within their field. And they have empathy for their customers because a lot of times they've been those customers. And understanding domain knowledge um, for your product or your product line uh, is a really key part of being successful in product management. So it's not surprising that we see this as a strength year over year. Yeah, and uh, I agree with you. I think that it is a very common career path and I hear it over. I actually just had a, a talk earlier today uh, with somebody who mentioned uh, that a lot of the product managers on her team came from the business, right? They were working in, in the business for a decade, sometimes two, right? <laughs> You know, product managers can happen at any point in their career. Uh, they can make that left turn. And uh, what what we talked about is, okay, there's all these different ways that product managers end up becoming product managers. Domain expertise is one. Technical. So mm -hmm. a lot of engineers, development talent end up going and making the switch into product. And then there are now more and more, which I don't think there always were, uh, real product managers from the start, people who this is my career choice and career path. Does that sound right to you? It does. I feel like even just 10 or 15 years ago, you didn't see a lot of people in, in college majoring in business saying they wanted to be product managers. And you're starting to see that more uh, today than you did in the past. Um, I, I definitely think it's a skill set that you can cultivate. Um, but for so many of us, it, uh, it wasn't something that, uh, that happened intentionally. <laughs> right. And, you know, and I think, and we were talking about this earlier, Robin, that, uh, you were one of the people who mm -hmm. essentially you grew up in the business and you took that turn to become a product manager. And it's, you know, when we look at product managers who come from the business, they also, they have unique challenges, uh, in becoming great product managers. Uh, I mean, everybody does, right? It's not the easiest job in the world, but can you talk from your experience about what some of those challenges could be and you know, how did you go about solving for them? I really dove into learning, which is shocking, right? Having been a teacher before. <laughs> There are there's such a wide breadth and depth of skills that you need to be successful in this career. And I had some uh, benefits going in understanding the customers, right? But I had to learn how to talk to other people in the business. Um, I have really had to strengthen communication and understanding all of the the, the more technical skills. I had some of the soft skills and I think that really gave me an edge because those are skills that are difficult to develop for, for, for many individuals. Um, but for me, 
I didn't have a development background. I didn't have a technical background. So I dove into learning, you know, just enough JavaScript to be kind of entertaining to an actual developer. But that really helped me as I built my technical skills um, to be able to communicate and have meaningful conversations with development teams and then translate the technical speak into business speak and vice versa. How could I explain what a teacher needed, a teacher who did not have technical skills to a mm-hmm. development team and vice versa? At the end of the day, I, I, I became a really good translator. <laughs> I think you need a, the communication skill. It's, it's lovely. To, it's like really great to see that communication remains in the top three skills for product manager. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes half the job of a product manager is communication. Absolutely. Now I want to go into our weakest skills. So mm-hmm. we've actually also seen some consistency here. Uh, the weakest skills are in order uh, competitive analysis, pricing, and end of life. And uh, I want to say that with end of life, it's almost like it comes at no surprise that that is right. time and time again, one of the weakest skills. I think it's because it's not every product manager that truly gets to practice end of life. And we see that when we look at skill sets for the more junior, early career product managers versus director level, VP, and, and all the senior leaders, there's a pretty dramatic increase in the skill level uh, for the senior folks uh, in terms of uh, end of life. And usually that's because they had some experience with end of life. Does that pan out in your experience, Robin? It does. You know, I mentioned earlier in my career, I was leaning heavily on domain knowledge. I was trying to upskill myself as quickly as possible, learning as much as I could about the product management discipline and some of those technical skills. But I feel like the first time that I was responsible for end of life of one product and transition to a new product line, uh, which was about two years into my product management career, that's where I felt I really started to get my legs under me and I started to understand the product life cycle. You can see the product life cycle as a concept, but when you live it, when you live that transition of end of life and a new product introduction to replace it, you can't teach that in a classroom. And I say that as a teacher, you just Mm -hmm. kind of have to live it. But if I had not prepared myself by studying those skills, it it would have been really difficult. So So I think it takes both. Yeah. So what do you say to a product manager where they are currently working on a portfolio? And a lot of product managers are working mm-hmm. on uh, on products that are already out in market. So we, we often teach to the zero to one development uh, process, mm-hmm. but really a lot of product managers are working on products out in market uh, and they might not have uh, in their current suite of products, a product that truly should be end of life. So how do they get this kind of experience? This is a really interesting conversation because, you know, I talk to colleagues and I've experienced this myself where you have, uh, you're, you're kind of thrown into a situation where you're in working with a product that is in market and uh, you're just working on sort of the next version, the next iteration. Um, and I really feel like end of life starts with discovery, counterintuitively, Right. Because as you are evaluating market needs and your customer needs, and you realize, okay, balanced with technical debt and what would it take to take this product, if it's a software product, and turn it into 
a, a version that meets customer needs today, opposed to what needs it met 10, 20 years ago when it was first developed. That's a, that's a skill that really starts with understanding that customer and, you know, working with your teams to figure out what the cost of investing in the current technology is versus building a new. And it's very similar in other industries. You know, mo most of my background is in education technology, so I have a good software understanding. But colleagues that work in manufacturing or life sciences, you know, it's, it's the same. You have to decide, is the current technology or the current product that we're producing today the right product? Do we just need to iterate and release the next one? Or are we at a place where we need to consider replacing that product with something new to better meet those customer needs? It starts with discovery. Uh, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that's why in our company's blueprint, we we visualize mm -hmm. end of life also like we visualize the zero to one, right? We start mm -hmm. the recovery process and it's almost like working backwards uh, from that. I think that it's, if I'm a, an individual product manager, then in order for me to get promoted or go and find a career progression by applying to a job at another company, whatever it is, whatever I choose, uh, I think the companies that they value end-of-life experience, it's seen as something that is very valuable to the company and that companies are not very good at. Portfolios of products uh, for companies where there are products that either do not have enough revenue or they take up a lot of support and they're just not profitable. And the companies, rather than going through an end of life process, often, I mean, they don't make a decision. They, they just continue to support the products. So uh, this skill of being able to end of life something is valuable. So, so you start with discovery. Do you recommend that product managers try to go out and to try to see what opportunities there are in their company. How would you get the skill? Mm -hmm. I find in talking to uh, product managers in the space, a lot of times you'll find yourself in your first or, or second role, still early in your career, working on one of those legacy products that the company is kind of harvesting for whatever value is left. And it really pays to get curious about that product. Because it's easy to ignore a product. Well, you've still got some customers paying for it. Um, you're still selling them. You're still moving units, right? But if you start to dig into the numbers, get friendly with your uh, with your finance teams. Um, it, it starts with stakeholder alignment, right? Get the information that you need to start building a case. Start owning the 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 profit and loss for your product, and you may dis determine. You're spending more to maintain this product that than you're making. That's where you can start to 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 get that experience with end of life. To do that, you have to end of life a product, and that can mean that can be scary, right? Because if you're the product manager for that product and you say we should end of life this, you can make some enemies really quickly. And if you're really good at it, you can put yourself out of a job. So that it's it takes there a little risk. bit of courage, right? to make that case. But if you do that and you do that effectively and you save your company money, you're not going to lose your job. You're, you're going to put yourself into a good position because you're going to gain a lot of experience. Yeah. I, I like that. So the advice is uh, be curious, start with the discovery process, mm -hmm. make sure that your company is actually out. So it's, it's like what we say, 
as a product mm-hmm. manager, don't fall in love with your product. You have to be the truth teller. So you need to really right. get all the information. Are we investing resources in the right things? That's part of the mm-hmm. job. So the strengths mm-hmm. and weaknesses. When you take a look at your own career, what mm-hmm. did you focus on? Did you go towards strengths or did you try to cover up some of the weaknesses? Initially, I I had to start with my strengths, right? The domain knowledge, um, building communication skills. But as I mentioned right from the beginning, I, I tried to identify where my gaps were and and study and learn as much as I could. Um, I will say that the first time I went to product management training, I got really excited because I felt like I learned a lot of skills, went back to the office and realized that very little of that was part of my actual job at the time. Wow. Uh, It was still extremely valuable because I understood the foundations that I needed to build on. One of the things that allowed me to progress in my career was continuing to come back to the skills that I had learned and what the process should be, right? Uh, for implementing those skills, because they're both really important. And a lot of organizations um, don't have a really solid or consistent product management process. I am a very process oriented person. I thrive in process and routine. Um, so I, I started trying to figure out what resources were out there where I could start building at least a process for myself. So when we took a look at all the different skill dimensions and we, we, we surveyed you know, thousands of product mm-hmm. managers, what we found is the product managers who were trained and had process, and even those who were untrained and had process mm-hmm. scored much better. And I think it's something of what you are saying right now. So you can go out and you can get uh, training. You can you can do a lot of ways to improve your skill gaps. It's it's almost like a you can get some content. You can try to put it into practice. But then if at your organization there is no well understood way in which you manage and develop products, then it's how you know how far can the skills really take you? That's what I'm hearing from you. It, it's true. And the the more I worked in product management, the more I realized that even within my own work, having a process was beneficial to me. Within a team, having a process was beneficial to the team, but really communicating that process and that strategy to the rest of the organization is the most valuable thing. It's also the hardest because organizations are resistant to change and you're coming in and saying, we need to change instead of just building the next three features in the backlog. This is the discovery I did. This is the research I did. And these are the features that we need to be building. And this is the outcome that that's going to achieve for our organization. You really can't do any of that effectively without a process that has buy-in across the organization. So where do you start if you don't have a formal process? Time is so valuable. It really starts with processes. You know, we have a playbook that outlines this really consistently, right? Where we have templates where you can use, and we built that for this purpose, these templates that help you start to establish a process. And if you're in an organization without a strong process that is pretty ad hoc, starting out by understanding what is expected of you and what you can do to organize your work, that's what I did. That's what a lot of my colleagues have done. And it 
it's the first step because if you're organizing your work and you can, you can share that with your teammates or as a product leader, you can get your team aligned on what is expected of them. Then as a leader, it's going to be that much easier for you to take that evidence to the rest of your organization to be able to implement that change. So at every level, starting with process and then layering skills on top of that process and continuing to invest and upskill your team as the process gets better established, you really got to do both in lockstep to be effective. You know, what's really powerful is when you are able to get the rest of the organization on board. And it's not just the conversation that you have with your manager within product, it's you bring it to the company. Since we're talking about skills today, Mm -hmm. we also find that there are five skills that a product leader should be interviewing for. So if you are a product leader and you're looking for somebody new on your team, we find that these are the five skills that are, you know, not necessarily the strongest with people earlier in their career. Uh, They are writing requirements, business skills, things like thinking about the business, financial acumen, marketing and launching products, understanding product management process and competitive analysis. What advice do you have for somebody that is hiring uh, with regards to how do you test for these skills? Testing for individual skills during an interview process is, uh, is it, it, it can be tricky and it really, it, it does depend on what skills you're looking for. Um, so take competitive analysis, for example, that's a skill that we see um, early career product managers um, struggling with a little bit. Competitive analysis is really interesting, though, because it, it, it can sit in different places of the organization simultaneously. So think about your organization and what competitive analysis skills you need the product manager to have, right? Because you if you have a, a strong marketing team and potentially a product marketing team who's doing a lot of this competitive analysis, you need a product manager who's going to be able to take that information and model it in a way that makes sense for the team. And that's a little bit different skill set than actually going out and gathering the data. So which one do you need? Because you need both. And you're going to need to think about your organization and what the needs of your team are to be able to find the right skill set. Because you can see competitive analysis on a resume, but what kind of competitive analysis was it? And so asking those questions about the type of competitive analysis that that individual has done in the past um, is going to be really useful. Um, So you're making sure that you get the right kind of skill on your team. I also always recommend to see people's work. So if you are interviewing someone, Mm -hmm. I think it's completely fair game to ask them to share with you a competitive analysis that they ran. You, they might mm-hmm. need to potentially hide some of, you know, if there's any sensitive information, but sure. competitive analysis is usually things that, y- you know, you find either in the public domain or doing some uh, interviews and, and things like that. So they should always be able to present something of their work. As a product manager throughout your career, don't keep sensitive information on your personal drives, mm-hmm. but if you work on something and you're proud of it, sanitize it so you can show it off later. Being thoughtful about the kind of work that you're producing and then how are you going to potentially share it? Um, Yeah. So there is one other skill that as as we're thinking about career progression, 
uh, for those who are interested in moving from a individual contributor role to a managerial role. Should come as no surprise that soft leadership and strategy, I would say. Let's talk about leadership skills. So you manage people, right? It's very different mm -hmm. from a individual contributor role. How it do you, is. for somebody who just is starting to manage people, what advice do you have for, you know, how do you get that first managerial role? And then what do you do when you have somebody reporting to you? Yeah. So let's, let's take that in two parts. So how do you get that responsibility? Um, I had been working in product management for about five or six years before I um, had my first opportunity to move into a director role. And it came after jumping on a grenade, if you will. <laughs> there was a... <laughs> There was a need that the organization I was in had to combine two product lines. It was a company that had grown quickly through acquisition and they had two compatible products and they were looking for someone on the team or someone external. But before they opened it up, they asked the team, would someone be willing to do this? And it was an area where I had some knowledge and some skills. So I raised my hand and it was probably the most challenging 18 months of my career to get those products into good shape because it took all of the skills. It took all of the processes. It took a lot of stakeholder alignment, right? And stakeholders at two previously different companies that you had to bring together and get alignment with. Lots of customer research to find out if it was going to be a good idea. But at the end of that initiative, there was a promotion and it was the way that I got into product leadership. Take on a really challenging project or initiative at your organization and do a good job with it. Whenever you are able to take a critical project through and have that follow through, you instantly get credibility. And I know many right. people who thrive as an individual contributor where they mm -hmm. don't necessarily want to step into a role where they have direct reports. Uh, one of the reasons that could be is that with direct reports, you have to be very, very good at understanding what is their career progression too. Mm -hmm. And you have to be very, sometimes more concerned with, you know, common people issues and questions. And yeah. so it's a different skill. And that's why to be a director, you have to be sure, do I want to manage others? And it's, mm -hmm. it's not for you. Uh, that's totally okay. There's so many career paths in product management to stay as an individual contributor uh, and continue to provide a lot of value mm -hmm. to companies and to your clients and, and to the market. So the other one that we see is strategy. And we I hear it a lot with our clients. Actually, it's one of the biggest pain points for product management teams where they cannot necessarily link the day-to-day -day activities, what they're spending their time on, on mm -hmm. in connection with what, where the business needs to go. So this is crucial skill for a business leader. How, how do you see great business leaders honing their skill of strategy? As you step into a leadership position, whether you've just been promoted and now you have a team and you haven't had one in the past, or you're starting as a leader in a new organization, get to know your team, get to know their skills, and get to understand the process or establish one if there isn't one. Mm -hmm. That process is so critical. Um, and we've found that uh, that building a, 
um, uh, an understanding of what those skills are on your team is really important. Um, my first time as a product director, I quickly learned that I had an individual on my team who was just really strong in product discovery and doing customer interviews and figuring out what the product should be. And I had a number mem another member of my team who worked really well with development teams. He was a product owner. He loved the delivery process. He was very good at it. He came from a technical position himself. So he understood how to work with the development teams. And pairing them together to work on a product line was magic, right? Because you had really compatible skills and there wasn't necessarily an ambition to build a lot of skills in the other area. So if you can identify on your team, hey, this person is weak in this area and this person is strong in this area, um, you know, maybe have them work together either uh, formally or informally, right? Skill sharing across a team can be extremely valuable. And think about how to measure the performance of your team. This is always a tricky one with product teams, right? Because for a product team, if it's, you know, how often do you deliver a new product or a new release? Um, you know, that's, that's a tricky metric because you can ship a lot of the wrong things fast, but that's not going to deliver an outcome for the organization. Mm -hmm. So really aligning what is the company's strategy? What are the outcomes for the business that you're trying to achieve? And then take a look at what are the product outcomes? What are the meaningful changes in customer behavior that are going to contribute to those outcomes? You have to uh, be able to measure the, the why, like the value that is being driven by your team. Uh, and it's, it's not in number of features or number of products launched. Uh, so for those who are looking to get into the product management, uh, what advice do you have? Where do you start? Boy, it's such an interesting discipline. I would say if you're considering product management, think about the reasons why you would like to break into this field. Um, it is such a rewarding career for the person who is um, who who wants to be here, right? Um, I find if you are very curious by nature, if you are uh, you have a knack for finding and solving problems. And you really like talking to people, right? That's that. Those are some kind of core uh, traits that that tend to make for good product managers. But this is such a broad field, and you don't have to be good at all of it. In fact, I don't think anybody is good at all of it. <laughs> but so starting with a baseline of uh, of those soft skills. And then identifying, okay, what are some of the areas where I'm going to have strengths? Where are the areas that I'm going to have weaknesses? What skills do I want to develop to be successful in this career? And what do I think that trajectory looks like for me? Because it's, uh, it, it, can, it looks different for everyone. I love that. And you're so right. The role of a product manager, it is very rewarding, but like rewarding roles tend to be, mm -hmm. it's also very hard. And yeah. as, as our assessment uh, survey shows, there are 15 skill dimensions. There's actually more than 15, mm -hmm. right? If you work on digital products, we have more, but there are 15 mm -hmm. core skill dimensions and you're absolutely right. You don't need to be good at all of them, but you should know 
which ones are you really good at? And that is why if you haven't yet, really do recommend taking our free assessment. It's on our website. There will be a link. Absolutely. Uh, start there because if you know where you are today and then using our benchmark report, you can actually see what does career progression look like? You can start being thoughtful and proactive about the types of experiences you have and where you need to lean in more. Robin, thank you so much uh, for showing up today on our very first inaugural podcast episode. This was so much fun to talk to you. How do you Thanks want so people, much. How do you want people to find you after, after they listen to this episode? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, Robin Brooks. I'm pretty easy to find. Um, and I would love to uh, engage with you. We have a fantastic LinkedIn community um, here at uh, at the company. And I'm really looking forward to um, to hearing more. I love talking to product managers. You are my customers. Um, so uh, I, I'm looking forward to connecting. I know I would I would talk to product people every single day if I could. So thanks everyone for listening. Absolutely. Thanks, Robin. Follow us at our website at 280group.com. Join us next week for another product story.